Movies. Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. I'm another one of your big boys, John George. And I am an honorary big boy. Just moved up in the rankings, Michael Carey. Yes, Michael Carey has gone from unofficial junior big boy to to honorary big boy as per the big boy ladder that we do have at our, our large headquarters. I mean, Michael is clearly the biggest boy here as his is in black and white. I mean, come yeah. on. He comes he's, on here. He's, he's gone full art film in our stream, which we are live. Looks- um, this is another live episode if you're <laughs> listening after the fact. Um, so there might be a little you're bit of a loser. chat in there. You're a loser if you're listening after the fact, by no, the way. No, no, John. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> they, they already hate us. Let the podcast grow a little bit, man. Come on. <laughs> follow, follow me on uh, Twitch, John underscore George. Hit the notification bell. We go live Fridays. I'm thinking we're going to just do Friday at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, like we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. Friday, uh, 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. It's uh, it's nice to be back on that kind of schedule, too, because back when John and I were in the same place, we would usually record on like Fridays or a weekend. Uh, so we'll, we're still we're keeping the tradition alive. Uh, Michael, want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, so big, big Spidey guy here. Uh, <laughs> if you look me up at mpcarry27, even my profile picture has Spider-Man in it. Wow. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be totally uh, in love with all these movies and everything about them, but uh, I'm a big uh, fan of the content, and uh, I feel like I've got some good things to say. Big, big opinions here. I love big boy opinions only. I love Spider Man's content. That's that's why I subscribe <laughs> to Spider Man. It's for all his great subscribe, content. Subscribe to Spider Man on YouTube. I, yeah. I follow him on Instagram. He's a great dude. Yeah, <laughs> guys, hit me up on Twitter at Spider Man Forty Seven. There were a lot of the, the at Spider Man was taken by the time I got on Twitter, so uh, I, I had to I had to put a number after it. Uh, yeah, but w- w- if you haven't figured it out, it's in the stream title. It's the title of the podcast. We're doing Spider Man Two and Spider Man One today. Our uh, first because- double feature episode. Yeah, uh, it is. T- it is going to be titled Spider Man Two because that's what gets the views. People that's only true. care about Spider Man Two. It's true. It's true. Um, but I had never seen either of those movies until this week, and I watched them with Michael. Uh, so I invited Michael to be on this podcast for that reason. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I've I've seen these movies a bunch of times. I mean, if you listen to last week's episode, you know like why we're doing this because we found out John had never seen them, and I got very angry. Um, so we're finally going back and and educating John on the on the good Spider Man. Well, actually, I don't even think that was in the episode. That was post oh, post was a- episode on the stream. Mm. So at post episode, we usually chat it up with our chat. So that's another reason to watch it live, guys. <laughs> another reason John just hates the podcast listeners. Yep, it's true. If you're yeah. listening just audio version of this. I feel bad for you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we uh, we usually start off this podcast with what we watched the past week. The, that's not Spider-Man or Spider-Man <laughs> 2. Um, yeah. Guest, if you want to go first. Sure. I watched uh, the first Indiana Jones, uh, The Temple of Doom. That, that I, was the second one. Thought it, 
Oh, well, maybe. Maybe that's why. No, it was the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it sh- shows how much attention I paid to the movie. This is why you um, didn't like it. You're, you're like, I didn't I didn't like it. There's yeah, no I Temple of Doom in this movie. What are they talking about? <laughs> what is this? Ra- there are a bunch of Raiders in a Lost Ark. Why did they call there it that? There was a Lost Ark. Uh, I, I thought the movie was kind of boring. Uh, obviously, I didn't pay too much attention to it. I know it's a very well-liked franchise, but I don't know. I just wasn't too into it. I love Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think that's my favorite Indiana Jones. Temple of Doom is actually my least favorite. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have much to say. That movie's a classic. I actually love that movie. Have you ever watched that, John? Yeah, yeah. I watched that in high school. I also liked it. Um, it was good. I watched it with my family. It was enjoyable. Yeah. I don't remember that is That, that well, is a movie but... you like watch with your parents, I feel like. Like my dad was like, oh, we got to watch this one. Yeah, yeah. But obviously Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever is the goat. <laughs> yes, Shia. The best one. Shia's in. Love Shia and King- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or whatever. <laughs> I think the reason I didn't like it as much is because every time there was a big scene, my mom like looked at me and goes, you're really going to like this scene. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> yeah that'll usually, yeah, that'll, that'll ruin any movie for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was just annoyed the whole time. Makes me That's not want to like, like it. it. Makes yeah, me not right? want to yeah. like it almost. <laughs> just like, no, I won't. <laughs> I, just let me like it if I like hey, it. Hey, mom, may, maybe the Nazis are the good ones. Ever think of that? <laughs> <laughs> Huh? Uh, and like there was there was like a fake death in the movie and like my mom was like, Ooh, do you think she's actually dead? And I'm like, well, I did. And now I don't. Like Oh my god. Uh, now I, I was so don't. annoyed. Wow, is she actually dead? No way, right? <laughs> I gotta start doing that. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. That is really good. <laughs> Or you should have done you that could, for John during yeah, you, both of the Spider-Man movies. You could reverse it, like someone is actually dead, and then you say, "Oh, no way, she's actually dead, right?" Yeah, <laughs> and then you trick them. Yeah, um, I yeah, still need to. I mean, Indiana Jones is much like Spider-Man. I still need to see two and three, and I guess probably not four. Yeah, and also I yelled about you for Lord of the Rings too, which you have to get through. Yeah, I'm waiting on that. I I almost watched it this week, and my girlfriend was like, "No, you're watching oh. it with me, so I have to wait." Yeah, I'm excited. Those are, those are good. I'm excited for when your girlfriend turns to you uh, during every action scene. It's like <laughs> you're gonna like this. <laughs> oh, this you're gonna like this. I love I love this part. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do that in the theater, <laughs> like Star Wars. Dude, oh, you guys are for a movie that you haven't night. seen. Opening night of Star Wars. I just want to go. You're gonna love this. Like I've seen it before. Dude, that's what I did. Episode nine when it came out, and I was sitting there, and I I, can't, I went alone because I like to do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting next to like a 12 year old girl, and there was one scene. And out loud, I just said, well, that's bullshit. She like, looked at me horrified. Uh, yeah. She was so mad. Her mom was like staring me down. I was like, I'm sorry. But that that, was, that sucked. That was terrible directing. <laughs> that's fair. If uh, if anyone's listened to our, our episode nine review, there was a moment in episode nine where I literally turned to John and went, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> what was that part for you uh for me it was it wasn't like a specific thing it was just um leia's insertion into the movie like post-mortem 
okay. So like any scene with Leia, every episode we talk about Star Wars, any scene with Leia, <laughs> she's literally just like a soundboard because they're just using lines that they already had that they hadn't used. So there was one moment where Leia said something that was almost completely unrelated to what the conversation they were having. And so that was the moment where I was like, John, what the fuck? <laughs> I remember that. It was uh, yeah. never underestimated Droid. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they had to like make a scene for that, basically. Yeah. They, they like, had well, to build this. the lines around it. Have to just build Mine a whole scene. was the Chewbacca moment. I hated mm, the Chewbacca yeah. moment. When he's like alive, oh, yeah. I was just like, that's oh. bullshit. But anyway, <laughs> um, we're going to talk yeah. about Star Wars. Yeah, no more stars. I'm, I'm instead going to talk about a better science fiction movie, which is the one movie that I watched this week that wasn't Spider-Man. Uh, I finally rewatched Blade Runner 2049, and uh, it's uh, I liked it even more the second time, uh, which I didn't think was going to happen, but it was just like, uh, I think seeing it the second time, you just like get to sort of sit back and view all the details and really just soak in everything that that movie is presenting to you. And I was just, it was, I, I was coming off hot from some bad games of Valorant, and I was like, I got to watch a good-ass movie right now. So I threw on uh, Blade Runner 2049, and I was like, damn, Ryan Gosling, you got it. Crazy how many uh, sequels that series has. 2049. Oh, man, John. What a joke. What <laughs> What a goof. Yeah, um, crazy. Oh, Have you seen them all, baby? Because that'd yeah, be nuts. I've watched every <laughs> single one. a lot one. of movies. Um, it's also, I guess... We we did talk about Blade Runner, I think, in an earlier episode because the original Blade Runner takes place in 2019, and now uh, 2049 is 30 years after that. And I was just sitting there being like, there, "There's a little bit of truth in here. They got some of it right." Um, yeah, I I think uh, Ryan Gosling or Kay's holographic girlfriend really hit me hard th- this time watching. Uh, it didn't hit me as hard last time because I'm like oh yeah, everyone's alone all the time. Like, I bet half the people on this planet would kill for a holographic Ana de Armas right now. Um, yeah, did you see that uh, AI or whatever that got signed to, um, and it got an agent? It was the it first, like, agent? the first, like, artificial intelligence thing. I don't even know if it's AI. It was just like a, she's like a cartoon. She's like a CGI, a CGI, not AI. The first CGI thing to get signed to an agent, to an That's agency. Pretty, it, was it Hatsune Miku? Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. know what her name was. But Hatsune it's a, Miku's been around for a while. I was like, how does she not have an agent yet? Yeah, it's an artificial influencer. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It, it's very weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think I can confidently say now, at least for me, that I think this one is better than the original. Um. Uh, a lot of people thought this one was boring, which is surprising to me because a lot of people who said that... The first that, one's boring. Yeah, more that's the thing. Is like Blade one. Runner's a boring movie. I like Blade Runner, but it's a boring movie. So to come into this one and be like, now nah, this is where they turn it up to 11. This is the one no, where... No, it's still the same, but <laughs> where a little they less boring in my opinion. Yeah, oh, it's definitely less boring. It's yeah. it's more intriguing, I think, as far as the mystery goes. Um Wait, did I watch this movie with you, Michael? Who did I? St- yeah, oh, we yeah, watched yeah. it. I was gonna, I was gonna tell a quick story about yeah. that because I remember we were in college, and I went to the movies with John, and uh, I tried to go to this movie, and the guy asked me for my ID. Oh yeah. And I, I showed him my ID that said I was 22, and he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry." 
And you just hand it Cause, back. Like, because it's a rated <laughs> R movie. <laughs> he got Wait, asked, what? He got asked. Yeah. 22-year-old got, got asked because he thought he was seven uh, younger oh, than 17. I see. The way I oh. heard that story was he saw you were 22 and he was like, oh, rough age. No, I, I'm I, sorry, I, I should have told that better, but like, <laughs> he asked for my ID yeah. to see if I was old enough to go to the movie. Okay. To go see Rated no, R that's movie. That's a beautiful movie. Yeah. I, I like that movie. That's good. It's really pretty. Um, I think the the acting's good. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling are both really good in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Also, something I wanted to bring up uh, about it really quick was uh, Harrison Ford doesn't show up in that movie until like... I think an hour and 40 minutes in or something like that. It's what, like you could watch the entirety of another movie and still get back to Blade Runner 2049 before Harrison Ford shows up. <laughs> I mean, um, he was, I think it's just more like he was shown in the trailers because they made them show yeah. it in the trailers. So people yeah. expected him to be a main character, but he wasn't supposed to be. No, I'm, just, I'm not saying yeah. it's a problem. I just think yeah, it's yeah. funny that like he's on the poster and everything, but he's like such a side character in in the whole thing. I still don't know if I like the original or 249 better. It's very close for me. Yeah, um, but both amazing movies. Two two of my favorite sci-fi's. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I would go so far as almost to call this a perfect sci-fi movie. Um, yeah, it's pretty wait. pretty damn good. But yeah, uh, did you watch anything, John? Yes, I watched a new Netflix film, uh, and you hear Netflix, and you hear it's a high school rom-com, and you're immediately like, this is going to be an awful film. And I'm not denying that it was an awful film. It was kind of not good. It was kind of poorly written and decent. It's called The Half of It. Um, But I freaking loved it because I'm a sappy man who Mm. cries at things and likes love a lot. Um. (laughs) I think the first, th- there are a lot of great things in this movie. I It's on Netflix. I would suggest just checking it out. Like, honestly, I don't think it's like, it's not bad. It's entertaining at times. I think there are a lot of great scenes that show like the potential of how good the movie ca- could be. But there are other scenes where you're just like, the writing is so not good. And it's a classic rom- high school rom-com writing that you're just like, this is not good. Um, but it's it's still fun i still enjoyed there and there are some scenes that help it stand out that i would like and reminds me remind me of indie movie scenes basically so okay what compelled you to watch this high school rom-com on netflix uh it's one of the top most popular movies on letterboxd it is the most popular movie this week on letterboxd Ah. and everyone's liking it there um less so now now that more people are seeing it like it's one of those movies like at first everyone watches it and you have like those hardcore fans that go and watch it and they're just like yes it was great and now more the other people have taken notice and they're like oh no this is this is just a normal high school rom-com but for some reason i just kind of enjoyed it so okay cool put that on your list everyone yeah it's a good one yeah Hey, 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 Michael, I, I actually decided I'm not going to talk to John George anymore. So can you can you tell him something for me? Yeah, sure. I'll let him. OK, uh, can you tell John George uh, to shut the fuck up and that it's time for Critics Corner? Uh, John, yep. BB says <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Critics I'll let Corner. Him know. I texted him. Oh, OK, sweet. Nice. <laughs> I, I like it. that nonverbal. It's time for Critics Corner. John, shut the fuck up. It's time okay. for Critics Corner. Just, um, I'll, I'll shut up. I was really trying to find some good reviews of Spider-Man 
and no one was funny enough. That's always <laughs> my problem is no one's funny enough when they're reviewing the movie I want to do a Critics Corner for. Uh, luckily, we just talked about how everyone thought Blade Runner was boring, and boy, do they have opinions. Um, so oh, so I pulled, we're doing Blade Runner. Nice. We are doing Blade Runner 2049 reviews on this Critics Corner. And let me see. John, I'm going to give you a choice. And Michael, you can weigh in on this too. I have one that's not as funny, but it's it's funny because it's very pretentiously written. Um, mm. which I like is those like, ones. Those are some of my yeah. favorites. Uh, and then there's one that uh, sort of gives us a glimpse into the life of the reviewer. So which which do you think? Those you are both. Both good choices there. I, lo- I definitely both. I fa- <laughs> I favor the pretentious one if you only have to read one, but okay. I am gonna do two, but the second one is very short, so I'm having you the two longer ones. You want me to do the pretentious one? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> this review comes from uh, a Metacritic user named Not on My Watch, <laughs> uh, and they gave Blade Runner 2049 a zero out of ten. They said. So. Literally imperfect movie. Cannot be good yes, at all. There, is no, there are zero redeeming qualities, according to Not On My Watch. Uh, he said, BR 2049 is nothing more than sci-fi porn. And like most higher-end porn, there is but a mere soupçon of story. I think I said that wrong, but who cares? Which only aids in serving the inevitable money shot. The inevitable money shot hit audiences square in the eyes. But there's clearly a latency of pain, or else more viewers would feel as I and many others do, that this reboot is a total failure from beginning to end. It steals its core idea from Battlestar Galactica, and is basically a mishmash of other sci-fi tropes and traps into which the movie keeps sinking. Horrible. Sad. Shameful. The original BR was a brilliant and masterful, and also subtle. The director should never direct another picture again until he's made to watch good classic films that were made before MTV ruined everything for us. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) He just Uh, destroyed Denis. Denis is upset, and he just got called out for not watching any classic films. Denis Villeneuve has not watched a single pre-MTV classic film. (laughs) Wait, MTV's pretty old. (laughs) MTV's pretty old. Yeah, MTV like, came out in like the '80s, and so did the I original like Blade uh, Runner. Blade Runner yeah. was 1982. I can't speak to when uh, MTV began, but apparently, movies were only good before MTV came out. Yes. MTV ruined movies. They ruined movies, and as you you can see, MTV's influence is all over Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> when I turn on MTV, I'm just like. This is just like Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> <laughs> you turn that on and it's immediate just like blaring moody music and like a sad Ryan Gosling saying very it's few raining. words. I don't know. With very contrasting colors. Yes, everything just is everywhere. either orange or blue. Chat has informed us that MTV launched in 1981. Okay, so a year before oh, Blade Runner. You, chat. Mm, uh, which so. means mm. that Blade, the original, was also ruined by MTV, I guess. <laughs> it w- Copied MTV. It had to be so influenced by MTV. It was so fresh in everyone's minds. Yeah. They were like, this <laughs> Ridley MTV Scott thing. kicked in the door to, I forget, was it Warner Brothers, I think, that produced the original? Yeah, I think like, so, yeah. Guys, I got this new shit. It's called <laughs> music television, and I got a movie about it. <laughs> it's called Blade Runner. <laughs> it's called Blade Runner. It's also a little bit based on the novel 
do androids dream of electric street by philip k dick but forget about it you, <laughs> music television <laughs> there's barely any, the 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 uh soundtrack to both these films are are very subtle too yeah. so it's not that they're much very music. like droning and loud yeah um just like mtv just like mtv <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's our first one. Not on my watch, hard hitting review, uh, and used use of a French word that I had to look up and just mispronounced. Um, it looks like soup con, but it's not, it's like Souchon or something like that. Souchon. Yeah. Souchon. It means like very little or a very little substance. So that's your word for the week, everybody. Clearly this guy's smart or dumb. Yes, he's smart, we're dumb. That's why he compared the movie to uh, a man jizzing on a woman's face in porn. (laughs) Nice. Um, So next we have a review. This is a tiny little review, uh, and I'm pretty sure I found John George's alt account on this one. I think I got him. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we got him. Could be Um, me. Yeah, this this, uh, contains a joke that only could come from the mind of John George. And uh, also, there's a little hint in the name of this reviewer. Their name is Buff Boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, not Buff since the quarantine started. I That's true. But this review was in 2017 where I assume oh. you were more buff. That was probably my peak buff. Yeah, right your, your peak buffness when you made this account. <laughs> uh, buff Boy gave Blade Runner 2 out of 10 stars. Uh, and they said, Blade Runner 2049 was so long, it felt more like Blade Walking. Two stars because I liked some parts. Ridley Scott, more like Ridley shot himself in the foot with this one. (laughs) This has to be me. (laughs) This absolutely has to be me. You found him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. That is my humor right there. So that absolutely has to be me. No, that that Ridley shot himself in the foot is is too good. (laughs) More like a Ridley shot himself in the foot. Yeah, and Blade Walking. That's also very funny. Oh, shit. Buff Boy movies. That is a good idea, chat. Oh, damn. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Once quarantine's over, John and I will both hit the gym until we are totally ripped. Yeah. And we'll we'll review all movies from a buff perspective. Buff Boy movies would be more like Michael Bay movies and stuff Mm. like that. Yeah. Um, That'd be Buff Boy. Any movie with The Rock. Baywatch. Yeah, Baywatch. Yeah, Baywatch would be one. Gotta watch Baywatch. Any movie where The Rock bounces pebbles off of his pecs. Moana. Any movie ruined by MTV. Very good chat. Amazing. Um, All right. Is that it for critics? Should we move on to the the main event? The meat and potatoes. The Spider-Men. The cranberry sauce. Uh, so this one's interesting. I barely want to have a non-spoiler review of Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Yeah, these movies came out in 2002 <laughs> and 2004. I think we're safe. Yeah. yeah we're probably good. Uh, so I'm just going to briefly briefly say they're both good, and you should see them if you haven't, and you can <gasps> leave, I guess, if you don't want to. Here, <laughs> That's the it. spoilers. John liked a superhero <laughs> movie? I can't I believe did. it. I did like these. Unreal. I like these. Uh, I'll get more into that. Later, I guess. Uh, but let's yeah. just go right into spoiler time. We're about to spoiler spoil Spider-Man 1 and 2. Um, yeah, so I guess stop listening if you haven't seen yeah. them. Well, technically, we're about to spoil Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2.1. 
extended yes, cut. the extended when that, whole different movie. When that appeared on the screen, I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I actually I requested, I, I demanded that we watch the extended cut um on the pretense that I said it was better. And as it turns out, I was only kind of right because there are parts of the extended cut that are definitely worse. Uh, yeah, you'll have to yeah, point they, those out to me because I have no clue. Yeah, what yeah. Those were. They like kind of extend jokes that don't need to be extended. I mean, we can the timing of we can them, say it. Like, it's it's off. the fucking elevator scene. <laughs> Right. I really liked the time on the elevator seat, to be honest. Oh, really? I really liked how long it went on. I was like, the longer this goes on, the more I'm going to like this scene. If it went on for the rest of the movie, I would have been like, this is genius. This might be the best joke ever told. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so if anyone doesn't know, in the original cut of Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man has to take an elevator because his powers stop working. And he gets in and this guy's like, oh, you that's like a nice Spider-Man costume and cause he doesn't think he's actually in the elevator with real Spider-Man and Spider-Man's like, yeah, thanks. It rides up in the crotch a little bit and then they sort of stand there awkwardly and then the scene ends and that's it. Um, but in the extended cut, this guy knows that he is standing next to the real Spider-Man and decides to pitch him like PR branding ideas. <laughs> and it goes on for a long time. Well, but they're just like, God, this elevator's slow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here, can I give you my card? And he's like, I, I don't, have, don't pockets. have any pockets. Yeah. Uh, Cam the Third asked if this was the Toby McGoat one. And yes, this is the Toby McGoat Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, obviously. He is the McGoat. Um, even more McGoat than McDonald's. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I guess we'll briefly, we'll go over Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man 2 is more worth talking about than Spider-Man. Yes. Because, um, well, so I, I guess I can lead the conversation since I was the, f- I, I have the freshest opinion on these. This is my first yeah, time no, watching these. Th- this is a podcast for me. I just want to hear what you thought. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so first Spider-Man, I, I come into it. I know I don't know much about it. I just know um, that it might be. I I had a feeling it might be a little overacted and like corny at times, and it was. And I didn't mind it. I thought it like at times it wasn't that great. At other times it fit really well, and they clearly embraced it with the script and knew it was overacting and corny. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could tell. And at those times, I was like, that's great. And it, but there were times where it was still overacting according and it tried to take itself serious at the same time. And I was like, okay, you, you're losing me with this scene or that scene. It's yeah. More with like the Green Goblin stuff. I wasn't too into Green Goblin, to be honest. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too in. I like villains that do things on their own will, kind of. And they sort of implied that it wasn't his own will that he was doing this stuff, um, which... <laughs> Once again, happens in the next movie, so you yep. know, you already know I have an issue with the, a little bit of an issue with the villain in the next movie too. But um, yeah, Green Goblin's probably my biggest negative of the movie. But besides that, I just had, it was just an enjoyable, fun time. I didn't have too much to complain about. It didn't take itself seriously, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything you specifically you guys want me to talk about in the movie? I can't. That, it's not as fresh on my mind as Spider-Man Two right now. Yeah. Um, I'll say I actually enjoyed Green Goblin. I, I'm with you on the thing of like, I don't generally like villains where their evilness is sort of like set upon them by some other thing. Uh, I think the reason I think these work is because they do some work to humanize the characters more in these movies. I would compare that to like, uh, 
you know how in the first Ant-Man, there's literally one line where they're like, oh, that dude's evil now because the shrink rays made his brain crazy. And that's it. And it's like, okay, so now he's evil. Whereas these, <laughs> we get a, a little bit more development on on the villains. Like, I'm actually a really big fan of when Willem Dafoe is talking to himself in the mirror, I think. Because that's like a moment where he really just gets to act. In both of these movies, I love yeah. that Sam Raimi like lets the, the, the actors just act. And it's literally just them by themselves in a room talking to themselves. Um, I and I think that's what helps sort of humanize the villains more. That's what I liked. I was just saying you could tell because like even in the mirror, like you can see his facial expression changing as he's talking to himself. Mm-hmm. And but the camera's on the mirror, and it's really cool. Like Willem Dafoe is loving it. I think that's his best scene in the movie. Yeah, and I, I think in general he does overact when he's on screen with other characters. And like you were saying, like the sympathetic villain angle. Like, I think they do a better job with Alfred Molina's character in the second movie, mm-hmm. but I think Willem Dafoe, they, they try to set up, like, the whole uh, army funding thing and, like, oh, his company's going under. Then they screw him over, mm-hmm. like, even after it works. So, I don't know. Yeah. You feel bad for the guy, but he's still kind of a dick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. Me and Michael talked a lot about Harry after we watched this movie. <laughs> uh, because it's, I, I think, it, I mean, in the second movie, they also do this better. Um, overall, I think the theme of this podcast is going to be like, in the second movie, they do this better. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's ultimately what you want to see out of a sequel, right? Like, you yeah. want them to improve on, on the things they did in the first one. So it's, oh, it's nice when that happens. I mean, we're basically told Harry, and I, I don't know if they say best friends in Spider-Man 1, but in Spider-Man 2, they say they're best friends, Harry and yeah. um, Peter Parker. But in the first one, they're at least friends, but they don't seem like friends to me and Michael at all <laughs> because the, the scenes we see them together, it's just like Harry hitting on MJ mm. like, and they're just angry at each other or we know they're roommates, but we just like never see them like really converse in a way that convinces me they're friends. So it's just like yeah. Harry's just in a weird place in this movie and I know the ending's supposed to set up like the thing in Spider-Man 2 that happens. But um, mm. I like and I could tell that was it. But if if I didn't know that was gonna happen, like I would just be like, what What is this Harry thing? And I, if <laughs> if I had watched it when it came out, I'd just be like, what is going on? You know, with yeah. this Harry guy. Um, and also, yeah, it just doesn't seem like Peter. Peter Peter's more alone than he has friends to me. It seems, but yeah, it's because we I, see him alone all the time. I I think that is also intentional. This is like. Uh, I've heard this as obviously the movie's very campy, which you've talked about. I've heard this described as like a uh, sort of like a golden age sort of comic book movie, which we really don't get and haven't gotten. Um, essentially, being like they're they're basing this stuff off of the Stan Lee comics, which are very campy. Um, if you've ever read a Stan Lee comic, they're like very overwritten in a lot of places, um, and obviously uh, we do get those iconic lines like great power comes great responsibility but yeah peter parker is supposed to be the very stereotypical science nerd and so no one likes him except for maybe his one friend 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 and friend. Uh, <laughs> uh obviously mary jane's s- sort of into him uh she figures it out uh what, what did you think of mary jane uh mary jane yeah um i uh, I actually haven't thought about this at all. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I I don't I don't know what I think of Mary Jane as a character. I thought of more their are like Peter and Mary Jane's relationship. I thought about that. 
more mm-hmm. than Mary Jane as a character herself. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem. I, yes, I think I this, agree. these movies are are a little bit problematic only in the sense that like Mary Jane in both movies is essentially just a prop for Spider-Man to save over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely worse than the first one where she's literally like in peril three times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and Basically. one of those times was like the most random shit. But yeah, that, that was, I think, a little issue I had with, obviously it's worse than the first one and better in the second, but still not amazing. Yeah, gotta say, gotta give props to the movie for not putting them together at the end. That was nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really. I'd never really. Yeah, I um, mean, it's it's fair because she's not like incredibly fleshed out, especially in the first one. Yeah, she's more of like a plot device than a character. It seems like to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, but well, uh, there was another other moments in this movie that I was going to talk about. There's the whole. I really liked the small moments in this. Um in this movie and just like it's especially when he's like first gets his powers like i feel like that that those parts have been referenced so much in other work that like Mm -hmm. i i know about it now but i didn't like i didn't assume that it would actually be like pretty dang good how they how how he explores his powers and how he like goes and wrestles and all this stuff is pretty oh yeah we we have to make mention of bone saw of course Mm mm-hmm best character in all the films <laughs> yeah best mcu character by far <laughs> <laughs> with um, michael's filter this is like a performance art tribute to the lighthouse somehow <laughs> it absolutely oh, yeah. is <laughs> yeah what, if quarantine that's what goes for. on much longer john and i are going to move into a lighthouse and just see what happens <laughs> <laughs> i'm down yeah um but yeah, that's. Uh, is there Let's talk about Spider Man Two. Let's talk about yeah. Spider Man Two. Let's talk uh, about Spider Man Two. I got nothing else to say about Spider Man One. Okay. Uh, oh, besides, actually, the one note I wrote down, and then I gave up writing notes, <laughs> was uh, that I like the intros of both these movies. Uh, they're both uh, nice, long-winded, very good score, and we get mm-hmm. to see everyone's names, and I enjoy those types of intros. I like those opening yeah. credits. Uh, so I thought I'd just mention that uh, before we get into Spider Man Dose. Uh, which I was blown like I expected something that was like Spider-Man, but a little better. Um, but honestly, it way surpassed my expectations past Spider-Man, but a little better. I was not expecting like what what the main what the main the main thing they were exploring in this movie. I was not expecting, and I wish I could see more in superhero movies. Um, and it was really just. I sent up my letterbox review, but I was like, this movie's not about Spider-Man. This is, this movie's just about a normal guy with normal guy problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's basically like a character drama disguised as a superhero movie, which is a, why I think people like it so much. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. That, that's what makes Spider-Man so good. Yeah. Like as a character, like that's what made him so popular was he's so relatable and like his problems aren't usually superhero problems. It's just what every other person deals yeah, with. Yeah. And then having to be a superhero on top of like paying rent and like girlfriend issues and like keeping a job and all that. It's yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a part of Spider-Man that like hasn't even really been explored since in any of the movies, um, just the way that they've been making them. Yeah, I'd say like rarely in any superhero movie do they explore things like yeah. what we're exploring here, which uh, especially in the MCU because every superhero in the MCU is effectively like a celebrity, yeah. um, 
and and even the new Spider-Man that we have, he's just sort of a high school kid, so he has a lot of his stuff taken care of. Um, so yeah, it's it's nice to have like this very down to earth superhero thing where they're not a billionaire, they're not a war hero, they're not like this big grandiose thing. Yeah, everything's not taken care of for Peter in this movie. Like he legit, like we open the movie and we're just immediately stressed because he's <laughs> juggling like a million things at once. Yeah, it's um, uncut gems. Yeah, <laughs> he's. Absolutely. I love the first twenty minutes of this movie because you get all like the things that are going wrong for him. He gets fired from all these jobs mm-hmm. and like, you know, he gets he's like getting threatened to get evicted. And it's like, oh, by the way, this is his birthday. Like, this is supposed to be a good day for <laughs> yeah. him, you know. Um, and then he, I just like yeah. Even ahead. on his birthday, like Harry's like, but where's Spider Man, Peter? Tell me about him. <laughs> I gotta kill him. I gotta murder this man. I got a I got a special knife on my nightstand just for Spider Man. I'm just gonna walk up to him and stab him on the street. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when this when that birthday scene was going down, Michael mentioned that it it wasn't. Is it an extended cut one, BB? The birthday scene. I think. Yeah, the, I think the scene. The scene with Harry. Yeah, the the scene with Harry is longer. extended a little bit, but the birthday scene does still happen in the original. Yeah, that was that scene was like the first time I had genuinely thought to myself, okay, it's by Peter and Harry might actually be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Because they finally interacted and had like a deep heart to heart. Harry actually does like Peter. He's just very conflicted about everything and he's very insecure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially like following in his father's footsteps. He's not like the brilliant scientist guy. So he's just sort of like the sleazy business end of of Oscorp. Yep, basically. Um, But yeah, I I like the it seems like you go through this movie and like (laughs) you're you're halfway through and like all of a sudden like even worse things are happening to Peter and you're just like there is not a single thing that's going right for this man this entire mm-hmm. movie it is literally the plot is just like a downward spiral for this man the whole movie and that also felt super unique to me because I was expecting like some nice things to happen and at some point things change but it was super realistic like when he decides not to be Spider-Man anymore things start changing for the good but it was super realistic that like not everything was just all of a sudden perfect again yeah, uh, I was actually gonna. Oh, you go ahead. No, God, I I, uh, I I forgot my thought. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna mention like that's one of the things I really liked about that after the Spider-Man No More uh, part is his his life doesn't like immediately get better. It just sort of goes back to normal in that it's just sort of like a regular shitty like college student's life where like you know he bumps into people on the street and he's just like buying a street hot dog and it's it's yep. all just like the most normal it's not perfect it's just normal and you see that sort of conflict of like oh is this even really what i wanted when i gave this up oh yeah i mean yeah i I think that was handled perfectly love this me and michael both love the scene after right after he decides to quit being spider-man where he's like happy and the happy music is playing and Mm -hmm. he's walking all over campus and stuff um but yeah, I yeah I don't know this movie. It just shocked me how many times this movie like like did an actual like character development thing that like was realistic. <laughs> I would just mm-hmm. be like, oh, I've never seen this in a superhero movie before since like Batman. So I like kept comparing it to like the Dark Knight trilogy because I was like, because that's the only other superhero movie that comes to mind that made me feel these things mm-hmm. and like actually feel like I'm watching a human movie. <laughs> a human movie. Yeah. <laughs> My probably my favorite scene 
uh, was that the fire scene when he goes in and he saves the kid and, but it takes him a long time and he comes back out and you hear the fireman go like, yeah, somebody else didn't make it out. But in the first movie, he's able to go in and save like two people. Like the second one's green goblin, but like he would, he would have had time to, if he was still Spider-Man. I just, I like the parallels that Sam, Sam Raimi does there. Yeah, no, I, I also thought that was really effective of like, Peter wants to help his Peter, but ultimately like Spider-Man's the guy. Also, I want to make brief mention. Apparently, Spider-Man was stopping 75% of all crime in New York City. Yeah. That's Just insane. Ups to up 75%. The man carrying New York City on his back. Yeah. <laughs> Fear factor. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll make brief mention of how these are like somehow... I, the Amazing Spider-Man movies took place in New York, but they weren't as like... New York centric as these ones, which I liked. I always um, do the, I love the line in the first one where like, you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with New York. And they're all throwing like garbage at Green Goblin. Um, I just, I just love that. They sort of have that. Like, I, I don't think New York's explicitly like that, but it's, that's sort of the spirit of the city. And they have it again in the second one where uh, he's on the subway car and everyone's helping him out and they're carrying him. Because uh, he he passed out after stopping the train, and they're all just like, yeah. Oh, and then obviously when everyone stands up, and they're like, if you want to get to him, you have to go through us. And I was like, oh yeah, you get him, New York, New York, New, New York. York. Yeah. That, oh, Mar- Marty is screaming right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love to because this movie was like what two thousand two thousand four. Yeah, Spider. Yeah, and today if like spider-man was on the subway like that scene wouldn't work because everyone would pull out their phone and just like put it in his face and it's like oh, oh yeah absolutely oh, <laughs> uh yeah speaking of the subway scene my god that was a fantastic sequence right there i really enjoyed oh that. yeah that whole thing is yeah that fight scene whole great. thing had had me on the edge of edge of my seat fantastic yeah. And that's like I think part of the benefit of that movie only having like two or three big action scenes um is that one's just like all out i forgot how well choreographed that uh subway sequence was just like and it looked like something from a movie that would come out today like the effects were all perfect um it's so fluid and so action-packed it's like and you can have that and still have all of your character development which is i think what makes this movie work so much uh, arguably better than than stuff we're getting now i agree i mean as far as like i think i talked i said this to michael after like the only negatives I could find were like, that's what I liked about this movie so much is that like the villain throughout most of it, while, while in the background, Doc Ock is there and we we're seeing him do his thing every once in a while. Like my favorite villain was, was life. You know, I, I really mm-hmm. liked that, that um, most of, most of his issues, Peter Parker's issues were coming from like the fire and all this random stuff, random crimes and stuff like that. I liked that it was more like a conflict of like, of not like saving the entire city, but rather like just saving a couple people that he was like, I could have done that. I could have saved those people. I could have saved those people. I liked those ones. I thought they were more effective than obviously you got to have like the big villain fight or whatever, which I didn't find as effective. I liked the subway one because he was once again, saving just a small amount of people. And then the actual climax at the end, I wasn't as into, but I still thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that final sequence is is clearly not 
as hype. But again, that final sequence is also a little bit of a a character thing. I think Doc Ock's send-off in this movie is really great um, and not something we really see at all in, in a lot of more modern superhero movies where he sees the error of his ways and he literally says, like, I will not die a monster and goes down with his creation. Um, I was just thinking about, I guess you haven't seen Far From Home, John. Do you care if I, I talk about, about the ending of that one? Uh, probably not, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I don't know they, what I'm going to see it. I don't care. <laughs> okay. They basically do a fake out where the villain's like, oh, no, actually, like, I'm chill, Spider-Man. Don't kill me. And then it's, uh, oh, no, actually, he is evil and he was just trying to fake out spider-man and it it, it just had less impact because you're like oh so this dude's just a piece of shit like well that's 100%. like green goblin that's like green goblin he also did a fake out it's exactly green mm. goblin it was like almost the same thing green yeah. goblin also did a fake out which i yeah i like doc ock's more the doc ock more the green goblin because of that redemption arc um because i yeah because he actually got to redeem himself and like overcome the evil arms that were taking over his mind, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The AI. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big difference was you could see doc Ock, like his humanity was taken from him when his wife died. Mm -hmm. And he thought like, I have no ties left. Basically. I just got to do what I need to do to do my science experiment. Mm -hmm. But then like Peter takes off his mask and he's like, Oh, like this guy was actually kind of my friend before all this happened. And like, then the AI is getting kind of zapped by the water. So the whole thing kind of came together and I liked mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, and it's a lot of it exists, I think in Alfred Molina's performance, um, just making it very human, uh, and carrying that sort of thing. Um, yeah, there was something else I wanted to mention that I feel like we didn't touch on for this movie. Uh, um, oh, we haven't talked about J Jonah Jameson at all. How'd you like that, John? Oh yeah. J Jonah Jameson's a fantastic character. Also a great character, I think even better in this movie because there are just some even more hilarious moments with him. Definitely, yeah. the, uh, d- definitely the moment where uh, Peter's coming back as Spider-Man <laughs> is fantastic, mm-hmm. and he has that moment where he, <laughs> where he kind of almost admits to liking <laughs> Spider-Man, and then he takes the suit, and he's like, "No, that guy sucks." Yeah. <laughs> I the other the other scene. Uh, the scenes that I, I wanted to get in for the extended edition, uh, one was that scene where he was wearing Spider-Man's suit and like jumping around in it. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the extended. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, that wasn't in the original. And I just really love that scene because on top of just being very funny, it's also like solid character development that you know he's like kind of jealous of how famous Spider-Man is and how well-liked he is. Um, <laughs> I think it's hilariously and- cartoonish how... Un- how how unrealistic that newspaper is right like yeah. there's no way a guy j- just yeah, one dude's great. just like yelling out headlines that he's making up on the spot he's <laughs> just like yeah food poisoning scares he's making sick. up news right food there got poisoned? i'm a little nauseous yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i love that assistant character who always just like comes in immediately whenever he needs anything yeah um, it's just ridiculously hilarious i love it yeah but yeah, JJ was great. And then the other scene that they extended a little bit, because I think it was actually too intense for the original PG-13, uh, was the scene where uh, Doc Ock's arms are going crazy in the surgery room, which I think is like the most Sam Raimi scene of this entire movie. It's like one of my favorite scenes in all of those movies. Yeah, that was scary. Um, that was scary. Yeah. 
Um, you can see his influence as like a horror director. I mean, obviously Sam Raimi has a very distinct style, which you can see in these movies, but that scene specifically is like, oh my God, so perfect. Yeah, it stood out to me. Yeah, they have two of those. Yeah, they have the one in the first movie when Willem Dafoe becomes mm-hmm. Goblin. and then, But this one's a lot better. It's a lot longer. There's more people there. Yeah, you it's can brutal. His, uh, yeah, it's really brutal. But you can see his flexibility as a director. Yeah. And how well he can yeah, do that. Yeah, no, I love, I love every time. Because, like, Sam Raimi's all about moving the camera. So, like, all the snap zooms, every time the camera's, like, wildly moving around, it's just so, like, it's very almost cathartic, I feel like, to watch uh, his, his, like, whoever his DP is, who I'm sure he uses for, like, all of his movies, is is super good at that. Mm-hmm. The view from the arms. I oh, thought that seemed yeah, really yeah. cool. Like they're all coming together and you see all, like three different arm perspectives. Mm. So good. Yeah. yeah. Sam Raimi also knows just like how to get a scream out of a person because there's so much good screaming in, That's in true. both of these movies. <laughs> That's true. He must be a scary yeah. guy. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> like, you know, when he's when you're directing a horror movie, you're not supposed to be like, all right, so I want you to dig and like you, you have like I know there's fear inside of you like think of something that'll like really bring that out and just l- unleash the scream no instead you just sort of go up to the actor and say look at my face and think about it <laughs> <laughs> look at me <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. uh, I guess there's the whole MJ thing and in, in Spider-Man 2 we can continue to talk about MJ Oh, yeah, that piece of shit fucking John Jameson. <laughs> I felt bad for John. John, like, does nothing. John does nothing wrong. And he has the same name He's as just me. He has there. the same name as me, so I felt bad for him again. <laughs> like, if they made him a piece of shit, I wouldn't feel as bad that he got left at the altar, but I kind of yeah. feel bad for him. He didn't do anything wrong. He just seemed like a nice, talented guy. Um, <laughs> it's more MJ's fault because she was obviously in love with Peter and decided yeah. to to ditch yeah, no Peter. he uh he is like the most his only crime was not being spider-man yep basically right. that's i mean he was still pretty impressed he like didn't he go on the moon or something like what he was he was an astronaut, was an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> but not good enough you gotta be spider-man yeah and he was like there for her he like went to her shows like supported mm-hmm. her uh but, but uh, overall i really you couldn't kiss well. I really enjoyed the scene. I enjoyed the MJ Peter relationship and how it was going in this film. And I really enjoyed the scene after Doc Ock sinks it and everything's done. And Peter like, like confronts her as like, this is why we can't be together. And it was very, it felt very dark Knight esque to me, that mm-hmm. little scene right there, because where he lowers her down and he's just sitting there in his web, like as, as the police are coming and they all like, and everyone comes to grab her and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it, it, that like gave me chills and I was like, I love that so much. Um, and I understand why they had to be together in the end and all that, like that, that had, uh, back in the, back in 2004, that was a thing that had yeah. to happen. I feel like, so I feel like it would also be really frustrating to have two movies in a row and with Peter being like, Nope, sorry, MJ can't do it. Like at, at some point it's like, it's like a Jim and Pam thing where it's like, yeah, at some think, point this has to like, resolve. I feel, I feel like I understood the most in that scene, why they couldn't be together though. And that's, mm. that's why I was kind of pissed. They ended up together because I like, I was like, yeah, they can't be together. Um, and I really understood it. Uh, but I do also do understand like it's MJ's choice, not his really. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they make that clear, which I liked. Yeah. Uh, if someone honestly if someone else could kiss you upside down you'd expect 
<laughs> to be an astronaut. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He, <laughs> he didn't study that while he was on the moon. Yeah. If only he brought MJ to the moon and kissed her upside down. Yeah. What was he thinking? Um, yeah. What else is, is, there? is there anything else we haven't touched on? As far as as far as the I mean, there is Harry and we didn't talk about Harry and Spider Man. That's right. Much yeah, the we should talk about him. Harry. Which, um, obviously, he's on his re- his um, Spider Man uh, revenge plot the whole time. He wants the, the Spider Man dead because he killed his father, allegedly. Um, yes, allegedly. Um, and I think it ends. I, it ends pretty well. I I've never been. T- I don't know. Uh, clearly, I talked about earlier in the show, Harry's not the greatest character, in my opinion. Mm. But I think it ends well with him discovering the whole Green Goblin lair. I think that's cool. I, I like how it, it isn't like explained to him in words or something. I like the visual, rather. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Harry. I think Harry's actually like maybe a little bit worse of a character in this movie because he, he's like super douchey. Yes. Uh, in this one, he spends so much time being like, "Hey, get the Nobel Prize! I'm gonna make a million dollars!" Ooh, hey. I mean, he was um, douchey in the first one too, though, because he was like macking on MJ the whole time. Like, he's always yeah. been a douche in my opinion, and that's the reason why I'm like, why is Peter best friends with him? Like, yeah, literally, he, it's it's more overstated in, in this one. Yeah. <laughs> and even in the first one, I was like, why is MJ dating him? Like, yeah. There was no connection there at yeah. all. It just seemed um, like it was there to like make Peter mad or something. Like wanted motivation for Peter to be yeah. mad. Well, I could almost see in the sense of like, there's the line in the second one where Harry's like, uh, this is the guy who got me to pass high school science class. So I could almost see it being like a friendship of necessity where like Peter didn't have any friends. Harry was kind of estranged from normal people because he's his dad's super rich. And so like, you know, Peter tutors Harry and they sort of build something out of that other than like, really mutual interests or something yeah i guess in that situation it's just sad when i hear harry say that they're best friends while he's drunk (laughs) yeah yeah because they don't seem like best friends to to me it's harry's only friend and they barely talk to each other (laughs) well when he sent the murder octopus man after peter he said don't hurt peter and that's like a cool thing yeah Yeah, that was nice. All he did was throw a car at him. Yeah, it was fine, right? All he yeah, did was the, throw a don't car hurt at him. Peter. The literal first, the opening scene of him finding Peter is throwing a car through a fucking coffee shop. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's when I turned to John and I was like, "Good thing he's Spider-Man, or he would have died like twice there." And it wouldn't like, have that's even such died. a huge blindside if you're not Spider-Man. Like, you're just dead. Like, your car just goes through your Starbucks you're at. You're dead. <laughs> Yeah. Could you imagine like he actually does die and Doc Ock's like, oh, shit, I guess I guess I'm not gonna. Um, ah, damn it. Damn it. I can't get it now. <laughs> Spider-Man, I guess, is just going to be missing or something. Uh, <laughs> That'd be a great idea to the film, I guess. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if it just kept downward spiraling for Peter and it just ended with him dying. <laughs> he just fucking dies. <laughs> he just he loses his powers and then he just starts dying like he gets yeah. cancer or something and it's just like wow <laughs> <laughs> if only I was still Spider-Man maybe I'd be yeah. okay <laughs> and the moral is never stop being a superhero if you are one <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you'll get cancer <laughs> you'll get cancer and have a car thrown at you and then you'll die, <laughs> you'll die. Uh, Charlie 
And your girlfriend yes. will die. Charlie mentioned uh, Spider-Man 3, which we haven't really talked about in this podcast yet, and that's because I haven't Never seen yeah. it. Uh, I mean, I guess Michael and I can can touch on it. It's extremely bad. Um, based on the stories that I've heard, the deal with Spider-Man 3 is that Sam Raimi wanted to continue the Harry plot and also introduce Sandman, I think. Um and Sandman, I think, is the best character in Spider-Man 3, despite it being a terrible movie, um, because he's another like humanized villain. And what happened was the studio came in and said, hey, Sam Raimi, put Venom in this movie. And Sam Raimi was like, there's already two villains. I don't think we can fit a third. And the studio was like, nah, but put Venom in this movie. <laughs> and they, the studio just kept making requests. And Sam Raimi eventually just said, like, you know what? I'm just going to say yes to everything they ask for. Um, and so literally every studio request ended up in the movie. So like at one point the studio was like, Hey, you know, people like dancing. Can you put a scene where like Spider-Man dances in this one? And Sam Raimi was like, okay. And so there's this terrible (laughs) dance sequence. Um, and he makes it bad. Like you can tell he's like making fun of his own movie. It's, it's like (sighs) bad on purpose in some places. Uh, but it's just like totally uneven. The camp is turned up to like 13, so every th- and not in like a good way, and uh, yeah, it's it's really just a terrible time. Um, at least there's like an example movie of what happens when a studio writes a movie, I guess. Yeah, and then like Topher Grace's Venom, which was just like not the right casting choice oh, for Venom. God. He was terrible. Yeah, I like Oof. Topher Grace as an actor, but like he's just this scrawny little dude, and then he gets the Venom suit. And he's still a scrawny little dude. And I'm like, Venom's a giant, like, muscle monster. Like, how how do you do that? Tom Hardy played yeah. Venom now. He's he's ripped. Yeah, well, I have my own issues with that. I actually haven't seen that movie, so I can't have too many issues. I haven't but, either. But, yeah. yeah, Topher Grace, he's bad. Like, I don't know. You could just tell, like, they tried to develop Sandman. And then at the very last second, they were like, yeah, you have to bring in a whole other plot. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. Yeah, and the Harry stuff gets so sidelined that there's just not enough development there. He rides like a sky skateboard. His costume just is not great. Wait, he becomes a superhero or something? And then he goes into a coma because the movie's too busy and they don't know what to do with him for like an hour. that's Ah, I totally forgot about that. The classic coma. I love that plot device. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like there's literally an hour of the movie where he just disappears because he's in a coma. Yep. Yeah, well, what are you going to do, Michael? He's in a coma. He can't do anything. (laughs) He got a car thrown at him. (laughs) And coincidentally, that's the time when Venom comes in. Don't know how that happened. I'm trying to think. I I have another story. This is like only corroborated by one guy I know. Um, There's a dude I met who is... uh, I, I had an internship, and he was like one of my supervisors, and he's like a huge comic book nerd. He said that he went to Comic-Con like the year before Spider-Man 3 was supposed to come out and uh, they were walking around the show floor and someone came up to them and they're like, hey, you like Spider-Man? And they were like, yeah. And they're like, hey, come over here. We got we got some for Spider-Man people. And they brought a whole group of these Comic-Con nerds over to this room. And in the room was Sam Raimi and the cast of Spider-Man 3. And they were there to like sign Spider-Man 3 posters for everyone. And this is before the movie had released. This was like a promo for the movie. Um, and apparently everyone in that room looked completely like drained and so upset to be there 
because they have to do promo this promo for this awful movie mm. um yeah and so I, I forget because i think the the guy i knew he said something to sam raimi being like yeah i love your movies like they've all been really like all these spider-man have been really great so far and sam raimi was just like yeah they have been Uh, (laughs) if you listen to an interview with him about this movie like he even sits there and he's like yeah i knew it was going to be terrible like i'm not proud of this at all hey when that happens and then he had he had four written and it was supposed to kind of like redeem everything Mm -hmm. but then the studio was just like no the third one sucked so oh it it sucked huh what parts the ones you told me for them? <laughs> hey, hey, which part sucked? Can you point to that? Can you tell me which part sucked? Yeah, wh- why yeah, did it wait. suck? <laughs> Can you tell me why it sucked? I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but then we got Andrew Garfield after that, which is by far the most oh, no. forgettable, like nothing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I, like it, when it came out, my family was liked them a lot. A lot of my friends liked them a lot, but I have not heard about it since it came out. Like nobody yeah. talks about it. Yeah, and like I will give it this though, Amazing Spider-Man Two had probably the best on-screen Spider-Man costume of of any of them. Wasn't that was a big so? The that second costume. one was like bad though. That oh was yeah, it was awful. it was I think probably the worst Spider-Man. Well, maybe not worse than Spider-Man Three, but it did have the best costume in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's yeah. worse. <laughs> They're both well, awful, yeah. Didn't didn't two have the same know. issue as three because it just tried to stuff in a bunch of villains as well. Yeah, they put three villains, and like two of them came in the last like ten minutes. Yeah, was no. So it was Electro, Green Goblin, and Black Cat. Was that it? No, it was uh, Rhino. Oh well, Rhino literally didn't show up till the last five minutes. Yeah, I mean, Green Goblin and Rhino were literally the last twenty minutes of the movie, and that was. And then the rest of it was all. Yeah, Black Cat was in there for a second, and also Doc Ock is like has like a very brief pre Ock cameo where he's like a Nazi scientist or something. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't they have like Brian, what was his name? Um, The guy who's in the office. He was in there too. Um, Novak. Oh, BJ Uh, BJ Novak. Novak. Yes, he was the the douchey Oscorp guy who made Electro do a thing that made him Electro. Harry? Yeah, this was. He was uh, like Alistair Smythe. I yeah, that's, that's right. It was it was Alistair Smythe, and um, no, actually, Harry becomes the Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man Two. They don't they don't do anything with uh, Norman, and no, he just dies. Yeah, and Harry is played by the guy from Chronicle, who's oh I god, Chronicle is such a Dane funny DeHaan movie. Plays Green Goblin. Yeah, uh, Chronicle's such no, a funny not. movie. He's not Chronicle. Good. They're just yelling that dude's name all movie. I can't remember his name, but they just yell the yeah. main character's name all movie because he's doing everything wrong and making awful decisions. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's Spider-Man's. Uh, oh, one brief piece of trivia I want to bring up because the Amazon, when you watch a movie on Amazon, it gives you a little trivia on your phone. Apparently, uh, Tobey Maguire almost wasn't going to do Spider-Man 2 because of like some health issues he was having, and they were going to replace him with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Wouldn't have been bad. Wouldn't have been bad. Want to see? That wouldn't have been bad. Honestly, I might have liked that better. Mad either. That might have been better. I'll come out and say it. I love Jake. (laughs) I I I I have never never hated Jake in anything. He's great. Yeah. 
It's just funny that he was the most yeah. recent villain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. In a Spider-Man movie is the villain, which is funny because I, I don't think his character was amazing, but like his acting as the character I really liked. Yeah. Jake's no, I, he's good in everything that he's in. <laughs> yeah. He would have been good as Peter Parker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially especially he was younger then, so. He yeah, well, that's what was apart. funny because the first thing that popped into my head was like, Jake Gyllenhaal, as we know him now, with like the slick back hair and the full beard. Yeah, but that's not what he. Would and look I'm like, like huh. he'd look more like he wasn't Donnie Darko, right? He'd look. Yeah, more he like would that. look like Donnie Darko, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we have but anything yeah. else? Is this the end of the episode? Uh, I got nothing else. Yeah. Well, if you're in Twitch chat, stick around because usually on Twitch we uh, stick around for a little bit longer and talk to you guys. So. Yeah. Um, but for you podcast listeners. Uh, All I got to say is stay big, you beautiful boys and girls.